0: Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: Welcome, weary traveler. Need a short rest? Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the lore mistress and more master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents... The Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast... The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Hello and welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio.
1: And I'm Mary.
0: And this week, dear listener... This is uh, this is a bit of a request where we we're never let it be said that the D&D lore cast, lore mistress and lore master <laughs> are not above taking requests.
1: That's true. That's true. We do take requests.
0: I mean, it, it kind of helps a little bit, um, you know, with because there's so much to cover. Like there there's like, uh,
1: there really is. Sometimes it, the direction is definitely appreciated. Oh, when yeah, absolutely. Pick one.
0: We kind of have a little bit of, um, you know, choice paralysis. Yeah. And so when our wizard patron Frankie reached out to us uh, and said like, hey, can y'all put an episode on warlocks? You know, can y'all get some lore behind that? I was like, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely. We can do that.
1: He was was all in immediately.
0: Like warlock (laughs) talk? Warlock talk. There you warlock go. Warlock
1: talk. Is that the name of the episode?
0: It might be. It, it is. Be. It is. It is. Let's is. Let's let's be honest. Let's come on. It, um, it needs to be. <laughs> so let's, let's talk warlocks. So yes. a warlock is defined by a pact with an otherworldly being. Sometimes the relationship between warlock and patron is like that of a cleric and a deity. Though the beings that serve as patrons for warlocks are not gods. A warlock might lead a cult dedicated to a demon prince, an archdevil, or an utterly alien entity, beings not typically served by clerics. More often, though, the arrangement is similar to that between a master and an apprentice. The warlock learns and grows in power at the cost of occasional services performed on the patron's behalf.
1: Oh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. The yeah, the definition oh, of
0: occasional is is you know little fluid. Let's say
1: that's, that's a matter of perception, right? Because technically, as long as it happens, you know what I'd say three, four times, you could call that occasional.
0: No, yeah, it doesn't no, necessarily yeah. have over, to be over a long enough timeline yeah. for sure. Yeah. So the class of warlock itself. Was introduced in a 3.5 edition in the mm-hmm. complete arcane source book. Uh, also, home of one of my favorites, the War Mage class. And that's something I I need to get work, you know, just get to start working on getting converted to 5e, because I played a War Mage uh, for a little bit in a campaign. Absolutely love it. Goggins War Feather, we hardly knew ye.
1: Oh my gosh, that is, that is a name. Uh, Goggins I love White it.
0: Feather, I'm sorry, Goggins White Feather,
1: not War Wow, wow. Okay, uh, that's fine. Oh, I can't I, talk I, was that. I have Mage. never warlocked. I, I will was tell you this: War I have Mage. never played. I've never played or DM'd a warlock.
0: Oh, they're they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. So, I'm intrigued. Uh, mechanically, in in 3.5, it was awesome. Uh, lore-wise, eh, it just kind of seemed like a sorcerer, really. Mm. Uh, this is how it was described back then. Uh, okay. Born of a supernatural bloodline. A warlock seeks to master the perilous magic that suffuses his soul. Unlike sorcerers or wizards who approach the arcane magic through the medium of spells, a warlock invokes powerful magic through nothing more than an effort of will. And so aside from like the mechanical difference, you know, the the flavor of it just seemed sort of sorcerer-like, you know, like that. You're, yeah, you're that just sounds
1: it. more. Yeah, that's ex- exactly. That's 100% what I was
0: about to say. You beat me to it. I got to talk faster. I got. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to. I got to catch up.
1: Sorry, I was still processing.
0: So this is uh, this is a changed in fourth edition, when oh. the source of the warlock's power is the result of a pact that is made with a non-divine supernatural entity or power.
1: I wonder if that change was because of that, though. Was because well, I, of you know of it. Yeah, this kind of it's basically the same thing. Like, oh, okay. Well, we'll change one of them. And then right. switch to the next one. I'm wondering if that's why that came about that way.
0: I mean, I would probably guess so. I mean, like oh, I no. said, it, it seemed very similar. Like I said, like mechanically, very different. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, how one becomes a sorcerer, how one becomes a warlock, it's pretty much mm-hmm. seemed like kind of the same ish. Yeah. Um. So many warlocks like still came from a supernatural bloodline. But this mm-hmm. was not true for all you know warlocks, you know? Uh, okay. you know. some some did come from fey or Fiendish bloodlines. But you know, this was this wasn't necessarily like the ultimate deciding factor. Okay. You know, some um, may maybe born into a pact that was made by a, a parent or a grandparent or some other ancestor. And we'll will we actually talk about several different uh, warlocks within the D&D mythos in the patron plus installment to this episode
1: Ooh. I cannot wait to get to know them
0: so in 4E these are the types of packs that were available really quickly you had the star pack uh, made with an entity from the far realm or a star located near it which mm-hmm. grants powers of grand revelations from the stars that maddens foes and maddens in like you know like Going in, like, you know, like an Insane. elder god. Yeah, not like, oh, man, I'm so pissed. Oh, pissed. He's gone power. mad. Oh, shaking. He's their gone fist. mad
1: with revelations.
0: Uh, there is the Fae Pact, uh, forged with an amoral power of the Fae Wild. The user's given uh, access to both wondrous and dangerous spells of the fairy mm. realm. Uh, the Infernal Pact represents an agreement with a devil of the nine hells, giving one powers of hellish and demonic proportions. There is the Dark Pact, made with powerful residents of the Underdark and the Abyss, which grants spells of plagues, of illness, disease. That sounds kind of awesome, actually.
1: Really awesome, yeah. You sound kind of sick.
0: Uh, uh, Sick, get it? Uh, the yeah. Vestige Pact, an agreement with Vestiges, these arcane echoes of once great individuals and powers, allowing the Warlock to act as a spirit medium through which these entities manifest their powers oh no that's 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 also dope that's
1: cool as hell like essentially like
0: allowing like a like a former like warrior king to Mm -hmm. like use Mm -hmm. you as its tool as its you know as its um as its weapon it's awesome
1: (laughs) i'll give you a vessel if you give me the power
0: right uh this one is actually from uh dark sun which uh obviously like doesn't didn't make the transition over to 5e but mm-hmm. there's a the sorcerer king pact uh made with the sorcerer king of at giving access to abilities that destroy and defile again since it's not really around in 5e anymore uh could homebrew that tweak it a little bit to serve your purposes if that's oh, what goodness, you want to go yeah. with uh there is the gloom pact made with the creatures of the shadow fell the elemental pact uh draws powers from ancient primordials and um this pretty much remains the same in Five E. You know, the okay. uh, the entity or the being that the warlock makes their pact with is now known as their patron. And mm-hmm. then the, the 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 offshoot subclasses are grouped as such. And so you uh there are some that are pretty much the exact same okay. from, from fourth edition. Uh the fey Pact becomes the Arch fey patron, the Infernal Pact becomes the Fiend patron. Okay. Um, so just kind
1: of but- updated terms and stuff as they moved forward then like with right the exactly
0: okay um there are some that are uh similar but albeit with a few changes like um it seems like the gloom pact which had to do with um the shadow fell and um it uh kind of turns into the hexblade patron which gotcha. also invokes the shadow fell but it has more of an emphasis on on weapons or at least on uh um, like on on combat right okay Uh, then there are some that are kind of combined like uh elemental and star packed are uh, seemingly combined in a way to form the great old one patron oh and then there are some patrons in fifth edition that are relatively new and awesome
1: like completely awesome or they're both relatively new and relatively awesome
0: uh no they're relatively new and completely awesome heck yeah Uh, There is the Celestial, a pact formed with a being connected to the upper planes, such as the mighty solar angels. Uh, There is the Fathomless, a pact with entities of the deep sea. There is the genie, obviously a pact with a powerful elemental genie. Right. And uh, my personal favorites, uh, the Undying and the Undead. They're both very similar. Uh, Okay. Undying... You draw your powers from packs with powerful immortals, like Ayu's the the dead or the Lich Vecna. Um, okay. Whereas undead, you uh, the pact is forged with an undead creature, such as Strad von Zarovich. Mm, okay. And additionally, uh, there are several uh, boons that they're called. Uh, one of which can be selected to further customize a player character warlock. You've got uh, Pact of the Chain, which allows Mm -hmm. the Warlock to summon a familiar that exceeds the normal boundaries of the Find Familiar spell. There Mm -hmm. is uh, Pact of the Tome, which grants the Warlock a Book of Shadows containing additional spells, which is either rituals and cantrips from any class, which that's probably, like, if you're trying to min-max that's That's mm-hmm. got to be your go to. Like you're able just to like pluck spells from other classes.
1: That's pretty awesome.
0: Uh, there's Pact of the Blade, which allows the warlock to conjure a magical weapon for combat. Again, mm-hmm. very cool. And then there's Love Pact that. of the Talisman, which is really cool because this one actually uh, it boosts either, uh, it gives the warlock a talisman that boosts either themselves or someone that they give it to.
1: Huh. So is there any specifics to the types of talisman or is that more of a flavor thing for in game
0: well as far as the tal the pack of the talisman goes I mean like it could be just about anything I mean it's right as, like, so it wasn't goes, like
1: super specific from there okay,
0: but as far as the like the mechanics behind it, yeah you know it, it, they all have i mean it's essentially like um like if like the the type of ranger that you want to be or the type of fighter that you want to be. Right, like right, right, kind of, right. The type of warlock you want to be. Right. So I didn't like, know
1: if it broke it further down than there or just left it at that level is all.
0: Oh no, yeah. Like you um like uh like it has like different invocations, like the rebuke of the talisman, like when the Gosh. wearer of your talisman, so like like I said, that could be you or it could be someone else, is hit, really neat, is hit by an attacker, you can use your reaction to deal psychic damage to the attacker uh, equal to your charisma modifier. And wow. also uh, you push it up to 15 feet away from the talisman's wearer.
1: Love that.
0: Yeah. So they each have a knockback. Yeah. They each have their own like perks okay. and benefits. Okay. I it's didn't know if there was like, like a, specific. Oh no. Yeah. 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 Heck yeah. Warlocks. Yeah. Warlocks are pretty awesome.
1: I do have to digress. Oh. I am a terrible person. I do have a warlock that I DM, and Lex is going to make the sad face at me for forgetting oh. about poor Lachlan Ooh. that Strahd has been tormenting since day one. Wow, I'm a you terrible just... DM, guys. I'm you... the worst.
0: That's that was. That's absolutely crazy. That you can I get blame
1: that. it on being so in character that I don't care? Because, like, straw doesn't care what they are. That's where mm-hmm. I'm going with. That's my
0: story. No, yeah, don't poke holes in it. That's my story. I didn't, I, I just, I think it's, I didn't, uh, okay. <laughs> um So we're going to dig into the lore behind several of these packs after Ooh. the middle of the show. Perfect. But for right now, you know, now that we've taken, like, a brief look at mm-hmm. the, the mechanic history and, you know, what, you know, you know, what a warlock used to be and what it may look like nowadays. Let's go ahead and dive into the lore behind this awesome character class.
1: Okay, let's go.
0: So officially, Mm -hmm. the relationship between warlock and patron, Mm -hmm. uh, the details of the pact, including how it's made, uh, how it's enforced, as well as how the two communicate, how the warlock and patron communicate, Right. That is left intentionally vague. Okay. Which I am totally cool with. Mm-hmm. Like vague mechanics can understandably be frustrating.
1: Oh gosh, yes.
0: You know, but vague role playing direction, yes, please. Like That's I, I, I just, wanna I wanna make that stuff up myself.
1: Let me yes and my way into a crazy situation.
0: Right, right. And once I I'm in that it. situation, mm-hmm. give me the mechanics to like, you I'm know, figure it going. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But role-playing-wise, you know, like, let's agree. It can be as vague as as, as they would Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So regardless of the patron uh, and their relationship with the warlock, the warlocks, warlocks usually have a bad reputation. Do they give a damn about it? You know, if Joan Jett was a warlock, she would say, no, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. <laughs> but I would say, I, I mean, I was going to say Joan Jett probably more of a bard. But she's got warlock vibes to her.
1: Sure, sure. I'm just cur- all right. Carry on. That was a deep pull.
0: I mean, I mean, I said, what do you think? Bad reputation. What do you like? Anyone would think.
1: I yeah. Anyone that? would think I didn't make that jump. So when you got there, I was surprised by it. It's wonderful. I I love it. How well, dare
0: you? But <laughs> anyway, they they they. they you know they—they look- they don't care. I, well, it, it depends on it's a, it goes by a warlock by warlock basis. Mm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. regardless, you know they, on the whole, warlocks use usually have a bad reputation, and this is because you know many uh, others see them as as having sold their soul for power. You know, especially to some otherworldly. Alien, usually malevolent outsiding out like outsider en- entity force yeah. like power. Which
1: which I'm not gonna say. I'm I'm gonna just devil's advocate seems kind of fair.
0: I mean, as a devil's advocate, you probably are a warlock, which
1: oh great. <laughs> yeah. But
0: no, but you're right. I mean, like it's I mean, they kind of have that reputation of like you sold your soul for power. And even even the ones like there's the celestial pack where they they sell you know they they make an agreement with like an angel, right? And even, even that sort of has like a little bit of a weird. I mean, the whole the whole thing has a stink to it, I guess.
1: I guess, but it just seems for like better that's or the worse. most. It just it reflects too much into into reality. I think is where the problem for that is.
0: No, for sure, for sure. Got a kind of yeah. But you know, like, sold but, my soul. But, like I, like I said, like obviously evident from the celestial pact, right. like not all warlocks are evil. right. Um, and furthermore, many use their gifts for like absolutely benign purposes. Like imagine making a pact with an infernal patron so that like your coffee never gets cold.
1: I told you that in confidence.
0: That's not a bad and idea,
1: and I'm just a little disappointed that you're telling people that I'm using infernals to warm my coffee.
0: I mean, I'm just a little jealous because I wish I had thought of it first. Because there's what's weird That's is true. I still drink my cold coffee.
1: I know, even after I gave you my guy's number,
0: I don't want. I don't want to. No, no. Like we'll we'll you know we we'll discuss exactly like why no. having you know having. Having a pact with a patron like that isn't always, it's not all power and puppy dogs and rainbows.
1: Man, I wish it was all power, puppy dogs and rainbows.
0: That's the name <laughs> of our new band. Uh, That's, yeah. <laughs> so all this to say warlocks and their, their packs with patrons comes in, they, they come in all shapes and sizes, right? You could be a liberum toting scholar captivated by ominous lore a footloose wanderer searching for elusive ultimate truths, a devil-touched hunter using infernal spells to eliminate evil, or even a black-clad mercenary who uses sinister trappings to discourage prying strangers and unwanted attention. On the other hand, you could be a true diabolist, using your gifts to tyr- uh, tyrannize the weak, which is some, some warlocks, unfortunately, are exactly that of
1: course.
0: I so of course they are. I mean it's again it's like one of those like you know warlocks are they 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 run you know they contain multitudes I guess.
1: Oh yeah, everything runs the entire entire spectrum. There's there's going
0: to be a little bit of
1: bu-ha.
0: still though, you know, good, evil or neutral. Right. You know, most warlocks are still regarded with with skepticism as we said earlier. Um I
1: I feel like it's valid. Healthy skepticism.
0: Right, right. Um, but it's not entirely one sided either, because you know, warlocks sometimes view other arcane spellcasters like uh like wizards or sorcerers with um with a bit of jealousy and sometimes like see them as um, rivals.
1: On account of having to sell their souls.
0: I mean, just I mean I mean they're just they're doing the same kind of they're doing the same sort of stuff you are, you know. Of like, course.
1: Doing the same thing, but of course, if you're doing it differently, then not with us, then you're against us. I guess kind of a mentality. That's so Maybe silly. just like
0: a, just like a healthy sort of like um, yeah. like a like business rivalry sort of, oh. know, like Domino's and Pizza Hut sort of thing. Domino's. What about Domino's?
1: Oh, best
0: gluten-free pizza. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh the official Story. gluten-free pizza of the D&D lore cast. <laughs> D <D&D> lore cast. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Uh, and then conversely, uh wizards sometimes mm-hmm. view warlocks as those who taint the reputation of the arcane arts, you know, because they didn't they didn't work to get it. They just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, took e- the the easy way out or the easy way in, I guess it would be.
1: The easy way in, it seems
0: like um ro- uh, warlocks generally have a healthy respect for you know for a fighter's strength or a rogue's cleverness mm-hmm. um but few get along with practitioners of divine magic um, and that's again in part due to their the warlocks dealings with unholy powers like these alien uh beings entities these otherworldly beings or entities yeah. you know probably like those you know aren't usually copacetic with the with the deities with the gods
1: yeah yeah it's trying to get the power and leave the gods out of the equation they kind of don't like that yeah they're
0: but... yeah i could totally yeah that's a good way of putting it right there
1: they are not into that
0: so like we mentioned earlier the whole like you know bloodline aspect like being born with it and you know being having having it in your blood that whole aspect of warlocks is less emphasized, but it's not, you know, not entirely removed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's theorized that those who, you know, aren't born a warlock are still often touched by destiny in some unique way. You know, that they are purposefully sought out by these alien or these extraplanar forces to serve as you know, as tools or as minions, mm. which is still kind of cool. I mean, it's still like, you know, it's, you know, Almost like you're like you're on a path that isn't necessarily concrete, but right. you know you could it's very easy to like le- like head that way mm-hmm. uh these forces grant these unsuspecting warlocks power though some warlocks choose to break away from the chains of their servitude to forge their own destiny you know it it's more common though that a warlock by their own choice or simply by circumstance comes to serve the beans that gave them their power. Okay. Uh tieflings and others of fiendish blood are more powerfully drawn to the ways of the warlock and are among the most common to take the path. So I mean that's like again, that's one of those like, you know, half orcs, barbarians, elves, rangers sort of things. Not yeah. necessarily, you know uh hard and fast rule, but you know, the mo the more common uh pairing right uh additionally uh humans in large part due to their um their the ambition that mm-hmm. you know the species has uh humans also breed many warlocks you know since their hope is to find a path to power that doesn't take them a significant portion of their relatively short lifespans
1: Ah, oh, they want the fast pass they
0: want the fast pass but you know but like and it. they're willing to pay for it they're willing to That's... i guess you know pay for it with their soul or at least something i right? mean
1: they're only going to use it for a little bit anyway.
0: I mean, I mean, but if we know they better were than, using it at all. We know better than that in the D and D mythos, however. Yeah, yeah. And this I found very surprising: half works are also uh, very commonly warlocks. Really? Right. I. That's what I thought. Like that. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't I... think. That sort I, of pairing.
1: Yeah, I hear half orc. My first thought is not warlock.
0: Right. That's- and and that's thanks thanks to the fact that these other worldly pa- uh, patrons that are making these packs and giving these incredible powers to, you know, to a potential warlock, they don't care. They don't discriminate between a half orc oh. and this other like more like purer species, you know. I see. You know, whereas on a material plane, like you like see a half orc and you're like, I don't know. These like, you know. Mm-hmm. You know uh zargon is like i don't care like you're gonna like you know worship me and or, or like you know work as my as my minion oh cool. a...
1: you've been ostracized and you're motivated that, sounds pretty good to me
0: that's uh, that sounds like the beginning of an emo band that sounds like the beginning that sounds like <laughs> the tagline to a my chemical romance <laughs> biopic <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) uh, Warlocks from other species are are, more rare, although halflings and half elves, when given the incentive, also make excellent practitioners of these particular arcane arts.
1: Oh, I could see that. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, regardless of, you know, what kind of regard that warlocks hold their patrons in, most warlocks still hold at least a somewhat healthy respect for the divine. You oh. know, particularly patrons of magical powers such as Corallon or Saloon. Mm-hmm. Although yeah, obviously many evil warlocks are more drawn to evil deities, like such as uh, Asmodeus or Syric, that... Bane, obviously.
1: Right, right, right. Uh,
0: what's interesting to me, though, is that some warlocks intentionally seek out gods of a good alignment to deliberately counter the powerful temptations that they deal with on a regular basis because of the pact they made with a potentially not good entity. Um, They're trying to sort of like you know, to balance, balance the, scales. the scales. Wow. We finish each other's sandwiches. Exactly. Uh, That's Still never happened. I don't eat sandwiches. Really? Oh, because of the gluten, because the gluten, because of the gluten, (laughs) we need to we need to find a gluten free bread uh, sandwich sponsor.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't taste great. It's made with the tears of people that can't have real bread.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So some warlocks feel (laughs) no ties whatsoever to the gods. Oh, okay. um, and that's oh. and i love this is because it's probably due to their frequent dealings with other supernatural powers of course like you know like when you be like the term nose blind maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they, they become god blind <laughs> they become <laughs> deity blind they're like you know like unimaginable power they're like oh yeah yeah i saw that you know i saw that on, on tuesday like big deal
1: Okay, cool. I'm I'm glad you're real. They powerful Shania and strong. Twain
0: they Shania Twain these gods. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're a deity. That don't impress <laughs> me much. Man. I,
1: I resisted the urge to make the foot loose song thing. I I, I I resisted the urge to sing it earlier. And here you are making Shania Twain oh, references.
0: Yeah. Yolo. I don't know what to tell you. Look, We're only going to cover warlocks once and I might not ever be able to make another Shania Twain reference on this show.
1: Yakwell? You only cover warlocks once. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Get that tattooed on my knuckles. uh, Underneath my eye. Um, And so it's also said that uh, some warlocks make packs with several creatures rather than just one in order to access even more power
1: oh they do the bargain shopping version they it's yeah like the they, custom there's a customized warlock or you could do with like a pre-built plan and just go with a deity
0: right right they they. it's like the golden. would you like to add a god warlock. to
1: balance out your eternal
0: soul or like do you want to go to like to an italian it. restaurant mm. or do you want to go to a steakhouse or do you want to go to a chinese place Or do you want to go to Golden Corral and get all of that?
1: And food poisoning.
0: And yeah. (laughs) And and any other number of foodborne illnesses. (laughs) I have
1: so many hot takes on food today.
0: You do. You You do. You really do. Uh, So um, these warlocks eventually that, that make, you know, multiple packs, they eventually favor one pack over all the others. Because let's be honest, like these patrons they seem like they're the type that would get super jelly super quick
1: that's yeah
0: all these super powerful entities are very needy right like you would think as powerful as you are you'd be like a little bit more chill but (laughs) yeah i guess i don't know i guess i you know i I, I, i've never been that powerful i wouldn't know can't can't put myself in their shoes i haven't
1: either how does that affect gameplay though so well,
0: if you've got like seven packs going on. Right, right, right. And that's when I, I'd mentioned like the afore, you know, the aforementioned <clears throat> mechanic vagueness getting annoying. That there are no rules for supporting a player character warlock with multiple of patrons. Course. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, where homebrew has to step okay. in to save the day. Um, so if you have any cool homebrew ideas on warlocks, you know, taking multiple patrons, making multiple Ooh. packs. Hit us up. Hit us up uh, yeah. on, on Twitter, on uh, through email, on the Robots mm-hmm. Radio mm-hmm. Discord. Because we love to hear them. Mm-hmm. Because we love. Well, there's, Absolutely. If there's one thing we love just as much as D and D, like official D and D stuff, it's homebrew D and D stuff. I do love homebrew I do. So, you know, just off the top of my dome, like I would think, like you would, like sort of like mix and match aspects, like if uh, almost like you're multiclassing, like if you wanted mm-hmm. to take. Um, another level if you wanted to take some another another pack you would have to multi-class even though you can't multi-class with the same class like rules as right. written. um i mean that would be the only way i would think that, that'd be the easiest way i would guess
1: maybe unless you just allow feats and you pull them from different classes that way for sure for from sure. different places that way but i don't know it'd take a lot of i think it'd take a little bit of a little bit of home bruins to get it there
0: and that's you know Mm. that's what we're here for that's what the community is here for it's true uh and speaking of homebrew we're going to discuss some awesome homebrew stuff in the middle of the show which we are about to get into right now hello it's the middle of the show
1: It's the middle of the show. It's so middly.
0: It's so middly in here. Um, The first thing that we do in the middle of the show is thank our patrons. We
1: got to thank the patrons. Uh, I want to send a little special shout out to our four new patrons. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Thank you to Jacob and Joshua Catesby or Catsby. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. You can feel free to let us know. Yes, please. And Jet. Thank you guys so much. Um, patrons you guys do like all of this that we do and adding new stuff and you know getting new merch designed and released for y'all and adding more content all of that stuff wouldn't happen without patrons like, absolutely 100 percent, bottom of my heart thank you guys so 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 much
0: and once Just again so thank you frankie it. for suggesting yes. the topic of this episode
1: yes 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 thank you very much
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, and if any one of you, anyone, any of the patrons, or even any of uh, any listener listeners mm-hmm. have suggestions, have ideas, mm-hmm. have topics, shoot them our way. We love to hear from y'all. Uh, you can contact us on all the social medias. We are yes. at DND Lorecast. Mm-hmm. Every single place, just about uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're on the Robots Radio Network Discord. We're always uh, talking D there you know it's oh gosh you know, that's the truth yeah it's it does. you're not going to uh, you're not gonna have to twist our arms to get us to talk D. it's true
1: um
0: but yeah so thank you again to the patrons y'all are y'all are the real ones it's it's, it's because of y'all that the show is able to grow in certain mm. ways that mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that previously wouldn't have been possible or even imaginable it's,
1: yeah absolutely it just it
0: still kind of blowing my mind a little bit i know we have <laughs> awesome t-shirt designs over on the red bubble store uh like they're absolutely incredible i love them so much and we- there's there's more on the way yeah so we've we got yeah we've got a few more we're like,
1: celebrating all month for our birthday
0: <laughs> it's a it's a month long it's birthday
1: happy birthday month lorecast
0: and so uh, but yeah, if you are interested in supporting the show yes. uh, in that way, you okay. can just head on over to patreon.com slash D&D Lorecast. Mm-hmm. We have tiers going from uh seven or five to seventy-five dollars. Uh mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for five bucks a month, you get access to all the over 60 uh legacy episodes from yes. the days of Tom and Stewart. You get mm-hmm. all of the bonus content, all the bonus episodes each month, all the Patreon mm-hmm. Plus installments, yep, uh bunch of cool stuff. And then all the, and then it's just, you know, all the, benef- the all the, I was going to say the benefers, like the, the Benny's, uh, the benefers uh, the benefits and the, and the perks just, you know, escalate from there.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You can get stuck with one of us for a, uh, for a session or, uh, we can jump into one of yours or you could have to listen to our terrible, my terrible DMing. I'm sure Sergio's pro I'm awful at
0: it. I'm oh, the man. worst. I, I love DMing so much.
1: I really I, do. too. I love it.
0: I love. It. I was actually um I was watching a uh D and D in a castle like live stream like Q and A thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Travis and Caitlin,
0: right? And uh yes. Beth the Bard and Jaden King and yes. a couple other folks. And I asked the question like, "Hey, how do y'all do y'all get jitters before you DM?" Uh-huh. And Beth the Bard in particular was like, uh, "Like, oh yeah, but you know, I I like that's like to sort of you know help with that. I try to get to know my players." Uh, ahead of time i was like oh well like i still get them even when i'm like dming for my best friends
1: it makes me more nervous to dm for people i'm close to
0: right right because like i'm gonna have to see you again uh, you guys
1: can't just we can't just cut ties if i'm real bad i'm not that bad, but it's still it's always more nerve-wracking if it's people i'm close to for me
0: for sure for sure but yeah check out the the patreon if that's your thing oh my gosh yes please uh but if you want to support the show in other ways you can leave us reviews Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. spotify or on um, on itunes um you can like let people know you can follow us on all those aforementioned social media accounts
1: hitting retweet on stuff also helps too. sharing stuff just feel free to share it wherever you're at and um yeah please We, we want more people
0: the more the more the merrier the we want to th- share all the lore um, i will get
1: more and more mary
0: I, <laughs> more mary uh i don't know if we can handle that uh quick shout out really quickly um ed greenwood uh yes. talked to us a little bit and that was kind of cool <laughs> like, like a super like geek moment for me <laughs> um,
1: all the squeals of
0: yeah uh,
1: fangirling which is an action
0: well you know <laughs> the D&D movie is out yes. um, and people were complaining that um, folks like Gary Gygax, Dave Arneson, mm-hmm. and of course, Ed Greenwood, the creator of the Forgotten Realms were not yeah. credited in the, you know, um, as, as such. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ed, and we said, he told us we could call him Ed uh, was like, Hey, like, I'm not really tripping. Like I just want people to enjoy this and have fun and fall in love with it. Like the same way I fell in love with creating it like it's not a big deal yeah and i'm it's like it's not
1: oh that's beautiful it's not yeah. about the recognition it's about the community
0: yeah and so like Ed, ed's a real one and uh, so much Love of what that. he created uh and inspired uh yeah. through his creations is what inspired the creation of this podcast of this show absolutely um but speaking of the movie uh it's kind of kind of I a big a deal is it uh well it uh was what number movie? one. Uh Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves.
1: Oh, right. I think I heard about that.
0: Yeah, it um it was number one in the box office. Oh, geez. Uh it yes. made almost forty million dollars in the US. Nice. And um another thirty-three million dollars worldwide. Right. Um, and so it's very cool. And like I I liken this to so like so we've got this. You know, and it, the the and the reviews are great. The like I I only feel like that word of mouth is only going to help. You know, keep these numbers oh. at least you know relatively higher than they would be normally.
1: Oh yeah, because you know there's people waiting to see if the other people in their D and D circle are like, uh, yeah.
0: it's no, yeah, great. exactly, exactly. Um, and so you've got this in movie theaters. You've got the legend of Vox Machina. Uh, mm-hmm. a, you know a hit show on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. like I, I, I I'm hoping this is somewhat like when like Nirvana and Pearl Jam like hit it big and yeah. then every like the music industry just started throwing tons of money at a bunch of other bands from Seattle <laughs> and so like hopefully this is like that sort of moment for tabletop oh. role playing games where it's like oh, oh my like, gosh yes please this kind of stuff can be viable this kind of stuff can can make us money and so mm-hmm. we're going to start throwing money toward, uh, toward other creators. Like I, I mentioned, I mentioned Beth the Bard mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, they just successfully uh, kickstarted a new book called Daughter of Frankenstein, uh, yeah. and you know, like that seems like it would make an amazing like prestige TV show, like horror mm-hmm. show. Oh uh, heck yeah! So like the more successful this kind of stuff is, the more likely we are to get you know like more niche TTRPG right. content.
1: Yes, it'll help to. You have to fund the creators to get the creations. That's exactly how exactly. it goes.
0: So that's very cool. Um, if you have seen the movie, if you want to share your thoughts with us, definitely let us know. Uh, that's actually going to be the subject of this month's patron roundtable. We're going to just give like our our thoughts and our reviews, more or less, about uh, Honor Among Thieves. And nice. so, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, last week, uh, we, mm-hmm, had, mm-hmm. We, we had we had D and D direct. Which had a, all sorts of cool news, uh, including mm-hmm. like another um, a preview of the official D and D virtual tabletop. Um, yes. It was announced that in addition to that 50th anniversary documentary, that Joe Magnanello, Magne- Magne- Magnanello, Magnanello, Hunky Joe is what I'm going to call him. Imagine uh, the, the hunk, the hunkster.
1: I've got no idea on that one. I'm I'm trying here. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. In addition to the 50th anniversary documentary that they're that he's working on, he's also um, working on a live-action Dragonlance TV show.
1: Oh, yes. Which the should next, be awesome. The next thing you mentioned on here.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to let you cover that because oh you, were, you were nerding I, out pretty hard about
1: it. I was nerding out really hard about um, the release of official D&D Minecraft content because... I have wanted it since I started playing D&D. The closest I could get was some other skins to make my character kind of look like my druid. But no, I'm absolutely stoked about seeing what all they release for this and hyped about getting to stream it.
0: Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, Minecraft, it's going to happen. Minecraft is an absolute juggernaut of...
1: Oh, my of, gosh. Yes, it's, it's a, a massive team-up. Yeah, it
0: absolutely... In addition to that, um, they also, uh, you know, and that's like not even the game itself. That's like sort of like ancillary D&D stuff. As mm-hmm, far as the mm-hmm. game itself, um, they announced that the Wizards, uh, the Red Wizards of Fae, will be featured in a new book in 2025. Nice. The League of Malevolence, who um, who showed up in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, are going to come back. Uh, even Venger, the, the villain from the 1980s D&D cartoon, is going to show up at some point in the next year or two. And then fantastic. and they also announced that Vecna will return <gasps> just in time for D and D's 50th birthday.
1: It ain't a party until he gets there. Not a party. get some Vecna?
0: It's not a party till Vecna shows up. That's Isn't what that everybody what he wants. Said? Isn't that what he said? Now the party don't stop till I walk in. Something like that. I think, I think, I think that was Vecna, right?
1: Yeah, that was a direct quote. And then he threw up like Slayer horns and said uh,
0: YOLO, I think, if so I'm think not mistaken. I, I, That's I, canonically what happened. I'm pretty sure that was from Divekna Die. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so a lot of cool stuff out of D&D Direct.
1: I'm excited to get to see their, uh, their the D&D VTT, the virtual tabletop, what it actually turns into because the official release for that is in 2025 as well. Yeah,
0: planning on be... releasing it as a desktop type app. Yeah, it's going to be, um, oh man, like it's, hopefully it's, um hopefully it's awesome because I would love to. Right. Well,
1: everything that's been listed so far sounds really great and it should, all the content should be working across it. And then they're going to be adding libraries so you can customize and mix and match character type stuff and build your own characters and stuff. And it's going through the, uh I think it's Unreal 5? Yep.
0: The Unreal 5 engine.
1: engine. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's should be pretty solid. I'm excited to see what happens
0: there so let's dive into the dms guild oh uh, since we're talking about patrons um i was looking up there's so you look up warlock on the dms guild and mm-hmm. there are a ton of like homebrew patron ideas uh, oh i bet so many of them are awesome yeah um, i found a
1: pretty awesome one too
0: <sighs> we're gonna get to that <laughs> Uh <laughs> And so, like, you know, I, I couldn't pick just one of those. And of so course. I, fa- I found something else that's very cool as well. It's called uh, Warlock Pack Debts. It's payback time. So for only $1, you get oh. an ideal resource for DMs handling par- parties with Warlock PCs. For millennia, Warlocks have been trading their loyalty to a patron for a taste of otherworldly power. Deep down inside, many warlocks believe that they can slip free of the chains that they have been wrapped around. That they have wrapped around themselves. They think they are more clever, they are more strong, or more noble. They believe that the rules do not apply to them, and that they will get the better part of the deal. They are wrong. In this booklet, you find tools and resources to make your warlocks pay for the power they use. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's only like four pages, but it includes essentially like um percentile chart uh oh, it, it, it contains mechanics as to whether you know to um to determine if you know when a warlock uses the powers that they you know bargained for if you know if the patron that they got those powers from like decides to call in the
1: debt. oh very, i like that very
0: simple yet very effective you know for one dollar it's it's you can't get better homebrew than that
1: i i don't know can you can you get better home i i think i think maybe if you are because i love that the cover art i just the cover art on yours is very dark very gothic looking right um right, right on brand for well <laughs> for your brand um i would like to suggest instead Perhaps, as a patron, you could choose one of the three geese of power from the Honkanomicon.
0: The Honkanomicon.
1: Oh, yes, the honkonomicon. Embrace the Havonk. The honkonomicon
0: awaits I, you. I sigh deeply, but this actually looks like a lot of it's amazing It's pretty fun.
1: solid and I really genuinely want it. I fangirled and sent rapid messages at poor Sergio. <laughs> um, it, it awaits you in all of its dangerous, goosey glory with 80 pages of options for DMs and characters. So in this book, you get <laughs> 11 new gooseish subclasses, a Gustiarium of twenty-eight new monsters, um, including dreadful Honk Kraken, the insidious Magusa, and the Demagus. I am obsessed with Magusa, by the way. Magusa, like that's what awesome. sold it for me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty solid. Um, sixteen new magic items, including the um legendary Golden Egg of Divinity. There's the Three geese of power are the trio of patrons embodying different aspects of Gustum and comes with stat blocks for those. There's also seven foulish curses and six adventure hoonks and dozens of horrifying puns that is listed in the description. So, uh, you know, for what? Nine 95,
0: less than 10 bucks,
1: less than 10 bucks. You get this glorious Honkonomicon because the time of humanoids is over,
0: and the age of geese has arrived. It's definitely it's uh, that, okay. So you you talked about the like the artwork and all that, and like the i it, the theme behind absolutely. the Warlock Pack debts. It's payback is sort of like my wheelhouse. This is absolutely your wheelhouse.
1: <laughs> what bird puns? The
0: Honkonomicon. Yeah.
1: Honkonomicon.
0: Of course, uh, you're going to have uh, links to both of those in the show notes yes. if you want to check those out. They both yes. come highly recommended, so definitely do uh, do that mm-hmm. uh, and you know enhance your game with a little bit of homebrew and support some uh, some indie creators, some indie third party creators.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, we're gonna <laughs> jump right back into uh, some warlock lore. Some Ooh. warlock talk.
1: Warlock talk.
0: welcome back to warlock talk um and we're going to we're going to discuss uh, some of these patrons that oh, like, give fine. these powers to i guess
1: official patrons not the super cool ones from the middle of the show
0: no like yeah that the, the patrons from the middle of the show uh give <laughs> us uh don't give us power so much as they give us like um humility and and gratitude uh these patrons uh and 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 ask nothing in return as aside from, you know, lore, which is what chaos. we would yeah, which is oh. what we would give anyway. Lore and chaos. That's true. <laughs> These patrons, however, um are a little bit more um needy. More needy.
1: It's uh, okay. So what sort of patrons are we what you got? What so do you got here?
0: We're gonna discuss a, a few of the patrons. So let's let's start off with the hexblade patron. Okay. You have made your pact with a mysterious entity from the Shadowfell, a force that manifests in sentient magic weapons carved from the stuff of Shadow. So, a, a Hexblade Warlock forges a pact with sentient weapons that originate from Shadowfell. Oh. Um, this would be something similar to uh, something similar, would be Craven Edge. Which is the okay. great sword that Grog wields in the second season of the Legend Ugh. of Box Machina. Okay. The sentient weapon that, you know, that enhances Grog's power, but also, you know, demands, you know, demands that he work for him. So very much like sort of the patron warlock dynamic at play. Okay. Uh, source material okay. also states that many Hexblade warlocks create weapons that emulate those that are formed in the the Shadowfell, while others forgo that kind of weaponry altogether and instead weave the dark magic of the plane into their spell casting.
1: Ooh. All right. right. And
0: many sages speculate that the Raven Queen herself, because she is known to have forged the first types of these weapons ever, Mm -hmm. uh, the Raven Queen is the true source of a Hexblade warlock's power. And so the the Raven Queen is the patron.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And so she would she would then thus you know she thus use those in her service to manipulate right. events on the material plane. Which is very very much on brand oh, for great. the Raven Queen.
1: Yeah. It, did it was like side to side head nods like well yeah no, that makes sense.
0: Yep. Mm-mm. Um secondly we've got the great old the great old one patron. No. Oh. Beyond the planes. Known to great wizards and sages lies the far realm of the Great Old Ones, beings outside of time, space, and sanity. That realm is reachable by profane rituals and in the dreams of some of those drawn to those entities' power. So, mm-hmm. some examples of Great Old Ones. <clears throat> You've got Dendar the Night Serpent, the eater of, world, of the world, is said to be the spawn of the first nightmare, a devourer of foul visions, and the harbinger of the end of the world. Now, we briefly mentioned Dendar in our first, in the first part of our Faerun history series, as the being who ate the sun, and then plunged Toril into a period known as the Shadow Epic.
1: Well, I mean, that just sounds like he might have to be a topic.
0: Nindar oh. is fascinating. Yeah the the, <laughs> the 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 Night Serpent, A.K.A. the Eater of the World, A.K.A. the giant snake that ate the sun. Come on, that's
1: what I'm saying. But also Devourer of Foul Visions and Spawn of the First Nightmare. You are born of the First Nightmare. That to me is just I. It, that my is, brain that is, is some, like happy. Right that is how.
0: Grade A top shelf lore, I right think. It is
1: beautiful. Mm, 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 uh, then you've also, got,
0: you've also got Kesif, aka the Chaos Hound. Uh, Kesif is a black skeletal mastiff with unearthly red eyes, um, covered mm-hmm. in swarming maggots, and whose blood is a black acid.
1: Oh, I'd boop it.
0: No, Mary, damn it, no. Did you not hear what I said? Black skeletal <laughs> mastiff, unearthly red eyes, covered in swarming maggots. Okay, the maggots might be a problem. Blood is black acid. Damn it, woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you shaking your fist, because the great old one patron. Gosh, dag, damn it. Quit trying to boop the things that want to kill you. Okay, and let me. And keep those kids off my lawn.
0: But all of those things, all of that. <laughs> and like let me let me just finish the what
1: is Kezef the like, lore like,
0: behind it. And maybe yeah, you'll see if let's... you want to boop it because it seems someone did try to boop it at one point and you'll see what happened. So oh, no. uh Kezev is imprisoned by the gods, uh, oh. bound by an unbreakable leash forged by the god of crafting and smithing, Gond. Mm-hmm. And this uh, essentially what equates to like a magical kennel, <laughs> essentially, uh, created by Mistra herself
1: mistress magical dog crate
0: there you go that's a homebrew item uh although like it's kind of official though that's that's the homebrew name
1: (laughs) that's what i'm gonna call it when i forget what it's actually called
0: um legend states that the beast once he realized that he could not escape from the leash and from the magic from mistress magical dog kennel uh uh, bit off the hand of tear the god of law and justice and feasted upon it for hundreds of years
1: how big was that hand
0: i'm sorry but (laughs) i mean obviously he got within booping distance
1: he got within okay also i would be booping to release to to from a happy place i only boop from a place of love you don't just boop things out of anger or out of law and justice (laughs) <laughs> it's the most basic white girl argument I've got, but I want to pet the big scary thing.
0: All right. How about, how about it yak or feel? Bless you. So the also known as the elf eater. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. It yak or It looks like if a giant turtle
1: uh-huh. and a
0: giant mushroom had a uh-huh. giant, disgusting baby with tentacles.
1: All right. Googling.
0: It's absolutely horrifying. Uh, this foul creature emerged in the distant pass from a pool of mingled blood from both Corolan the elvish deity and Grumsh the orcish deity after oh one gosh. of their battles with each other unnoticed at the time by any of the other greater powers it fled to the abyss from where it became known throughout recorded history as a plague upon the elves it's driven primarily by its ravenous hunger for the telcasir but uh-huh. also, like, in general, it just hates everything, too.
1: I'd probably hate everything if I looked like that.
0: <laughs> it's awful, right? Like, giant turtle it and, is... a, and a giant No,
1: 100%. I did not expect you to be describing that that perfectly, but that's beautiful, with, sir. With
0: tentacles, yeah. With
1: tentacles, yeah. Um,
0: And this isn't included uh in official Impressive. sources as a possible Great Old One patron, but Ityak or Theol alongside the previous two, Dendar and Kesif, Uh, mm-hmm. there are three beings that are described as elder eternal evils. Okay. And in fact, you know, one could use any of the elder evils that we discussed in our January bonus episode as a possible mm-hmm. warlock patron, including yep. our disgusting favorite Zargon. <sighs> Yeah. Oh man. For yeah. So if if you uh if you're if you're a patron of the show and you haven't listened to that episode, the January bonus episode, Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. it's uh I love it because I love I it's you know Cthulhu type stuff, you know? Oh gosh, yeah. Um and if uh you're interested in listening to it, check out patreon.com slash D (gasps) lorecast. Um we've also got the fathomless patron. You have plunged into a pact with the deeps, an entity of the ocean. The elemental plane of water, or another otherworldly sea, now allows you to draw on its thelasic power. Uh, examples would be like a, the kraken, mm-hmm. the gargantuan monstrosity who can control weather at will and who has the power to obliterate entire civilizations. And it said that at the beginning of time, krakens served as fierce warriors of the gods, but when the gods' wars ended the Krakens shrugged free of their servitude, never again to be bound by other beings.
1: They had done their time.
0: Right? It's time for them to discharge. Uh, yeah, beneath, the waves, <laughs> beneath the waves, the Kraken sleeps for untold ages, okay. awaiting some fell sign or calling and imbuing those who seek them with power. Then there's also um, Olhydra, hailing mm-hmm. from the elemental plane of water, this powerful being is the princess of evil water. Uh, in her natural state, Olhydra uh, appears as a huge cresting wave with two eyes appearing like large pearls. And legends say that she approves of pirates and other like seafaring raiders of the sort because they redden the water with blood and occasionally oh. drop booty into her clutches. Booty meaning treasure, not booty oh. meaning booty (laughs) i mean yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) and then another example of a fathomless patron is uh yadro uh, the creator god of the lakatha and merfolk so both species worshiped yadro uh albeit in different ways merfolk did so with passion singing and dancing their praises openly so that non-merfolk uh, could hear like the good news, so to speak. Have you heard mm-hmm, the good news mm-hmm. of Yadro? Um <laughs> Just imagine like mermaids and like you know white button-down short-sleeve shirts and black ties, like knocking on your door.
1: But uh, the bottom half still fish. No, yeah, bottom absolutely. half has to stay fish. Yeah, it's um, like the mullet <laughs> mixed yeah, with racist, That's exactly half human.
0: That's. I think you finally nailed it, Mary. I think yeah, merfolk. Are like the like the mullet of human folk
1: in button down shirts with ties are like the mullets okay. of Feyrun or of forgotten realms uh
0: Lokatha <laughs> conversely kept their religious practices um toward whom they referred to as the the deliverer secret Ooh. you know they felt prayer to and worship of yadro. Was necessary in order to atone for whatever affront they may have committed, which has which have led to their species' frequent enslavement. Aww, yeah, yeah, uh, Lokatha, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they definitely get sympathy. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we've got the undying slash the undead.
1: So your favorites?
0: They're my favorites for They're sure. They're your favorites. Uh, yeah. The undying is described as death holds no sway over your patron who has unlocked the secrets of everlasting life. Although such a prize like all power comes at a price and the undead, very similar as described as you've made a pact with a deathless being, a creature that defies the cycle of life and death forsaking its mortal shell. So it might eternally pursue its unfathomable ambitions. Uh, Again, very similar nature. In fact, like one patron option is actually li- included in both lists um so you you have like two options here you can essentially just combine them and pick mm-hmm. and choose which features to include mm-hmm. or not include um or you could specify like each like be more specific with each one like undying is like liches drake liches um, right alhoons like those like undead mind players. right uh, while undead would be like uh, like vampires, zombie lords, and ghosts. Oh my! Right, um, ah, zombie lords, not the zombie lord. It's the zombie lords. They've released them. <laughs> Who has? I well, don't know, but I
1: don't want to stay I'm around. And give find them out.
0: a piece of my mind. Nope, um, I'm
1: out of here. You deal with them.
0: So about uh, Official examples <laughs> of the undying patron. Mm, mm-hmm. You've got Arandis Val, a.k.a. Lady Ilmaro, or simply the Lich Queen. Uh, This half-elf, half-dragon is from the Eberron campaign setting. So Arandis Val is the last heir of the House of Val, the elven bloodline which bears the mark of death. Which is, the dragon marks are very much a thing in Eberron. Yes. Uh, Arandis is brought back to life as a lich by her mother who refused to accept her death. And then then uh, oh. you've got fist and uh, how I always say this correctly when it, I'm not being recorded fist Yes. fist <sighs> AKA the dark one. Ah, this human easier. wizard. <laughs> What's that?
1: So that's a much easier name. I think that's why they did nicknames. Right. so People could pronounce oh, them.
0: Absolutely. Uh, AKA the dark one. This human wizard mm. is from the Dragonlance campaign setting world of Kryn. Okay. Uh, believed to have died. In 39 AC, the Archmage Oops. appears to Raceland Majir in 346 AC during the latter's test of high sorcery. Okay. So Raceland has to face this Dark Elf as the final challenge of his test, and Fistandantilus appears and offers the young mage a choice, uh, giving Fistandantilus a portion of his life force in exchange for helping him pass the test, which very That's, much yeah. sounds like a... Yeah, all right. Patron, yeah.
1: You just got
0: yourself a patron. Right, exactly. Um, and then we got official examples of the undead patron. You've got Lakith. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. one that I mentioned earlier that's included it as, a, as as an example of both. Okay. Uh, both undying and undead. Okay. The Lich Queen is the ruler of the Githyanki race. Gotcha. Uh, Githyanki, uh, we all know and love as the pirate-like species of the Astral mm-hmm. plains, uh, former slaves of the evil mind flayers. Uh Blackheath was the name of actually of many rulers of the Githyanki race or species. Um once Gith appeared. Uh, Gith was the rebel leader that united them against the Illithids and, and you know helped them break free of of uh of their bondage. Yes. Yeah. Uh the original Blackheath helped seal the pact between the Red Dragons and the Githyanki, Uh and all subsequent queens of the Githyanki are named after her. And oh, so, so it's also it's,
1: so it's the title then.
0: Right, exactly. So the last queen of uh, Lakith, C-L-V-I-I, or 157. So the 157th Lakith. Goodness uh, gracious. Right. Dies after ascending the throne without uh, giving birth to an heir, but returns as a lich. Thus remains ruler for, you know, well over a thousand years.
1: Okay. So that that does explain both the undead and the undying aspect of it. Because the undying is you didn't die in the first place. Undead is you came back. Right. (laughs) He just never gave up with one
0: of them. And then we've got Dragotha, a powerful Mm -hmm. Dracolich. This undead dragon has been around for centuries in the Greyhawk campaign setting world of Mm Oerth. Formerly a powerful red dragon and the mightiest partner of Tiamat herself, Mm -hmm. Dragotha, eventually formed an alliance with Chius, the worm god. Okay. uh, Which... I mean if you are I mean if you're essentially like um a friend with benefits of Tiamat like why are you forming alliances with it's with
1: a worm god?
0: <sighs> well because of this That
1: sounds dangerous.
0: Yeah, it it is because because of this Tiamat kills Dragotha, kills her lover. See. Uh who is then returned to life as a Dracolitch by Keyus himself.
1: Oh, what a slap in the face.
0: Right, right. Um the
1: disrespect. See this is why I'm team, team at.
0: That's why. That's that's why.
1: Yeah, that's exactly why. It has nothing to do with the short stubby legs, I promise.
0: Um and of course, uh the undead you know subclass of <clears throat> warlock uh having been introduced in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, yes. uh, it includes several of the dark lords, uh the domains of dread as right. options. So one could assume you could use any dark lord as a <clears throat> warlock patron. Um, and then we, and we covered the heck out of Ravenloft, yeah, the Domains did. of Dread, The Dark Lords uh-huh. in like a four-part series. It's somewhere in the 90s episodes, like 91 through 94, something like that. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, we cover. oh uh, man, it, I love Ravenloft so much. <sighs> a couple of bonus episodes on top of that. Yeah, mm, Some mm, good mm, stuff. Mm. Some good spooky stuff.
1: Good spooky stuff. Uh, but oh yeah, so gosh. that
0: that's that's warlock talk.
1: I I am in favor of warlocks. I have never played that sort of a caster. It has never appealed to me. But you might have swayed my mind, sir. And uh, I might avoid booping a you
0: know warlock patron.
1: I, I guess I don't know
0: that you will. I think you will play a warlock. I don't think Probably. you will not boop a undead <sighs> evil skeletal mastiff. I mean, yeah, you're right when I'm right, I'm right when you're uh, right, so, you're right uh yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. Yes. Thank you for um for listening to two absolute total nerds geek out about d and
1: d and make stupid jokes about it too. that's the, we're writing music we are dropping lore, making bad jokes, it's it's, great time
0: it's a nerd stream, come true, it's a nerd stream,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: We'll be back uh, next week with some more lore. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to check out all the previous episodes, if you're new to the show. Yes. Um, And again, if you are so inclined, check out patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. Yep. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural.
1: Thank you for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, Consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at D&D Lorecast. Or jumping into the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people.